Hello, and welcome to Ice Age Prep Reads, Season 1, The Adam and Eve Story by Jan Thomas. This is the aftermath portion of it, Chapter 5, Jesus and Cataclysms. This is a PDF that I got off the Internet Archive, uh, and there are several uploads of this book to that site, and I've not yet confirmed if all editions are the same, um, or how if they differ at all. Um, I say that because in the last episode, uh, chapter four, it was a little off the rails partway through, and I need to check that still, so rest assured, I will get to that. I just haven't done it before I've recorded this particular episode. Uh, season five. Sorry, chapter five. Jesus and Cataclysms. And again, this is the first time I'm reading it, learning it, discovering with you, all of you listeners. Um, if the PDF has an error in it, you'll know when I come across it. Um, so bear, bear that in mind. Let's begin. Now we come to the subject of Jesus and Cataclysms. Matthew and Mark are the only places in the Bible where Jesus is quoted as discussing the subject. First, let's look at Matthew 23:35-39. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knows no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days until the flood came, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Jesus follows this with examples and parables, exhorting his listeners to be prepared for the next flood. In 2442, he says, quote, Watch therefore, for ye know not what how your Lord doth come. End quote. The parables include the famous one about the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. Again, was exhorting his listeners to be prepared. How many times has this scripture been read to us from a pulpit with no reference to Jesus' warning? of a forthcoming inundation or cataclysm. Mark offers a different version of the same discourse Jesus gave to one of his disciples. Here are some excerpts. 13.14, quote, But when ye shall pass, sorry, but when ye shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that reads understand, and let him that be in Judea flee to the mountains. 13, 17 through 18. But woe to them that are with child, and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. 13, 24. But in those days, after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light. 13, 25. And the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. 13.26 And then shall he send his angels, and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. Bear this verse in mind when you read postlude. Um, and wow, that was really short. Now we're on the part called Afterthoughts. Um, <laughs> so let's just read that because it looks like it's only a page long. So, here we go. 
Afterthoughts. I've been debating with myself for many years about two items to include in your survival equipment. These items are not necessary for survival, but are of three distinct great advantage for post-survival knowledge. If you do survive, how do you know where you are? Where has the shell of the Earth's crazy rotation taken you? Or so, we say, deposited you. And if you lay claim to any land, how do you record it? That means how do you record it accurately? First of all, take a course in navigation. Purchase for yourself the book Nathaniel's Bowditch Table. Also, buy yourself the best sextant you can find. Take care of it as if it were, was your life's treasure. Learn how to use it. Become an expert. It can tell you your location. Learn your constellations of stars. They will not change. Only the location will. Take a sundial with you. If you can, take a globe with you. And the 1 16th or 1 8th wide colored tape. You will be able to tape your new equator. For tools, take long and short levels. Take a good stopwatch with you. Your days may be longer or shorter than 24 hours. Take a course in surveying and become an expert or have someone with you take this responsibility. Purchase the best transit tripod, survivor's rod, and sur surveyor's rod, and surveyor's steel tape. If you want to record any property you may want to claim, you'll need them. Now, if you can't do it all, at least read paragraphs 2 and 3. Good luck. And then it's on to the postlude, which is only one page as well. So let's wrap, put this into this episode as well. This is about a legend. I have struggled all through the writing of the sh shortest of pieces as to where to put it, and I finally was forced into this location for a lack of a better place for it. This is not a legend. I have found this legend countless times, which puts some aura of authenticity to it. Since it came from many widely separated places, if it did happen, it's more than a supreme coincidence that it did happen in so many places all over the world concurrently. If it's a conspiracy to create so many identical legends, it would have taken an incredible, comprehensive, and titanic effort to formulate it all over the world and have not one person give away the fraud. The legend is this. At the beginning of, the catacly of a cataclysm, or maybe just minutes or hours before the start, a plethora of space vehicles descends and picks up those whom they can so they may survive. The legends describe the scramble to board the survivors to be and many space vehicle landing at each location. Only survivors not taken could relate it. If it happens to you, be prepared for their ability to communicate with you so that you hear them in your head before they land. Answer and always be sure to think precisely the words you say, for it is your thoughts that they receive. May the great designer be with you. And then um, there is the next section called After Effects. And it looks like that is only four pages. So let's go ahead and add that here as well. Because we're getting close to the book. And I would like to wrap this season up so I can move on to the next book so after effects now is just about the right time to review the after effects of a cataclysm it's difficult to imagine but it's so it's so there are constructive byproducts of every cataclysm 
In past cataclysms, or perhaps due to only one cataclysm, some species have been eliminated, which had hampered the growth of civilization and progress by the human race. A good example is the dinosaurs. Our civilization, since the last cataclysm, known as Noah's or Utnapishtim's flood, grew steadily at a reasonable rate until just a few centuries ago when it started in an upward turn in reproduction rate, which is now rampant, uncontrolled, with no concern for any responsibilities or consequences whatsoever. During the time of reasonable growth, appalling and unchallenged authority was vested in religious and witch doctrine. If we look at one statistic alone, the Inquisition, which lasted over seven centuries, there were over three million humans executed in warped name of Christianity, most by burning alive at the stake. 98% of those murdered by the church were women. Appalling authority exists today on a stupendous scale in slavery, prostitution, female selling law, judiciary, medicine, banking, governmental, plus an astounding authority in being a criminal, a rapist, just a husband in many countries, religions, narcotics, trade, strong enough to defeat the IRS, plus including any government and more. We are witnessing an assault on our planet on a scale incomparable to any other time in known history. Pollutants dumped into the ocean are destroying the oceanographic ecology worldwide. Pollutants dumped into the atmosphere from burning organic matter are destroying our air purity worldwide. Pollutants dumped into rivers are destroying those rivers, but further destroying the oceans into which the rivers flow. Rainforests of the world are being destroyed and burned at a rate which is staggering. Timber forests are being harvested and destroyed at an unprecedented rate. Sidebar. That reminds me of... Gosh, I can't remember the name of the island now where they cut down all their trees uh, and basically went extinct because they cut down all the trees and didn't replant any. And anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that later. And, and the sidebar. Take Cape Cod, Massachusetts, for instance. It is a unique modern civilization in today's modern USA in that it has no water supply system other than groundwater. Wells, arc, wells, wells are the only source of water, and further, the only sewage system available is septic tanks. City governments on the Cape have allowed developers and builders to build and develop, build and develop, bringing more pollutants until the ability of the ground to give pure water and take in sewage is not far from its ultimate doom. And financial pollution? It took World War II to end our 1930s depression. Will it take the next cataclysm to terminate our government's financial debauchery? Greed has so invaded civilization that it has caused severe degradation of both the government and the financial industry, and so degraded industry that disregarded of both laws and common sense is practice concerning the infusion of terrible pollutants into and onto our planet, practice in the interest of profit. Natural resources are being depleted to where ends of supplies and nature can be foreseen. Behavioral, moral, social, and religious standards are deteriorating at a rate never seen before in written history. Terrorism is now a tool of church and state. The only comparable period is the seven centuries of the Inquisition, when that period of deterioration was through degradation of religious authority. A cataclysm accomplishes many things. It stops unbridled and irresponsible reproduction, being the best pollution regulator known reshuffles all of the Earth's natural resources. It stops the worldwide pollution of our planet. It provides for the restoration of pure water in lakes, rivers, and oceans. It provides for the restoration of forests and rainforests the world over. and stops man's process of dehumanizing himself with narcotics, mass crime, and terrible authority. 
It provides time for restoration of ocean and freshwater life plus restoration of pure atmosphere. And above all, it gives mankind a chance to start over once more, and this time to do it right, without intellectual or spiritual imprisonment. And we have reached the end of the book. Um, there's a photo of Chan Thomas, and then there's a page about the author, his recommended readings, and then a little ending of that. So, about the author. Dr. Thomas attended Dartmouth College and Columbia University, graduating from the latter in electrical engineering. As a result of his research and analysis since 1949, Dr. Thomas has become recognized as a world-leading authority in cataclysmology. His cross-correlation research in cataclysmology has demonstrated that the cataclysmological concepts as presented by Deluc in 1779 and Cuvier in 1812 are def definitely more acceptable within international scientific circles than they have been previously. His discovery of the process by which nature makes gravity, which has withstood the test of predictability, has enabled him to analyze many sightings of space cast, spacecraft and present a plausible analysis of how these crafts are constructed. He devoted 20 years of the writing in the writing of the Adam and Eve story, which included seven years in retranslating re Genesis 1, 2, and 3, for which he was awarded the Doctor of Divinity's degree and subsequently ordained as a non-sectarian minister. He is the only person to have formalized the science of cataclysmology, achieved through his first cross-correlating known, accepted data toward proving or disproving whether cataclysms have happened, then deriving the process of cataclysms followed by the time schedule of cataclysms, and 15 years of research in deriving the trigger. Here is his list of readings. Recommended readings. The Bible, all versions. The Bible is History by Warner Keller. Sex and Family in the Bible, Raphael Patay. Mysteries of the Ancient South America, Harold T. Wilkins. Secret Cities of Old South America, Harold T. Wilkins. God's Graves and Scholars by C.W. Sareem. How Old is the Earth by Patrick M. Hurley. And The Calendar of Tiwanaku by Bellamy and Allen. And The Great Idol of Tiwanaku, Bellamy and Allen. Um, Tiwanaku, The Cradle of American Man by Arthur Posnansky. Letters on the Physical History of the Earth by Deluc, J. Andre Deluc. Essay on the Theory of the Earth by Baron George Cuvier. Nine Planets by Alan Norse. Design of the Universe, Fritz, Kahn's, Fritz Kahn. The New Astronomy, a new scientific American book. And Primitive Man and His Ways by Kaj Burkett Smith. If you think we should not be concerned, take some time to think on this. The United States Geological Survey and independent research physicists have issued the statement that the Earth's magnetic field strength is decreasing at an accelerating rate. Sidebar, you can actually go to some online tools and see the deterioration of this, which also, uh, you can also track the moving of the poles um, online. I believe that site is still up. Um, yeah, check it out for yourself. Look it up online. The Earth's magnetic field is weakening. In fact, I'm suspicious if you check flight pattern history, you'll see also that airlines are not flying as high as they used to or normally do. Um, their ceiling, I think, has come down because of the weakening magnetic shield uh, allows more radiation to 
penetrate into the atmosphere. And you don't want to get, you know, a bunch of dose of gamma radiation on your flight to see your family. So I think they've adjusted their flights. I'm not sure about that though. I need to double check. So long sidebar and the sidebar. In the past 350 years, approximately the Earth's magnetic field strength has decreased 35 to 40%. That's a tremendous drop. The entire solar system is approaching a null zone in the Milky Way galaxy, a magnetic null zone, which means uh, an MHD null zone. Our 60 mile thick, 250,000 degree Fahrenheit molten layer will be freed once more to act as a free liquid. You might want to read the very first chapter again and page 107 and on. And then on the last page, <clears throat> there's this. A little bit of knowledge can be a dangerous thing, or it can be a vibrant seed, giving rise to verdant forests and awakening sleeping giants. Thank you very much for hanging in there with me for the first book, the first season, that's what I'm calling it, each book will be a season, of uh, Ice Age Prep Reads, and I believe I've given some sidebars throughout the reading of this about other resources, Ben David, uh, Diamond, Oppenheimer Ranch Project, uh, SH Farmer, uh, David Dubine. Um, look these people up online, um, see the sources that they use and read and refer to um, <clears throat> to get a better sense of what all of this is about. Um, between now and the next book, the next season that I'll read, um, I'm going to make another episode of uh, Interlude as well, as well and tell a little bit about my journey and how I came to discover this information. And yeah, it'll be a little bit about me. It'll be a short one. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in, listening in. If you find this enjoyable, please keep listening please subscribe, maybe share it with your friends. Um, <clears throat> and I will be back soon. Thank you.